Welcome to Imperfect Momming. Our children are constantly looking to us for examples. The term role model doesn't quite cut it here. We are shaping their worldview with every move we make. You see, it's not in the lectures we give or moments where we are actively attempting to teach them. It's in the micro-movements we make, the unconscious ways in which we navigate life. We are constantly teaching our children how to show up for themselves, their friends, their future partners, and even their future children. So what can we do to ensure we are raising thoughtful, compassionate, self-aware human beings? We have to become them ourselves. No one is perfect, but we can still all be better, and it starts with self-healing. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Imperfect Mumming, and we have a very special guest today. Uh, Sabrina, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Sabrina Magna, and I am a holistic health coach who helps women, primarily women over 30, um, heal the relationship with food and stop the chronic yo-yo dieting and finally establish a healthy and sustainable lifestyle, both for themselves and for the people around them so that they can become that role model, that positive, um, that positive example of those positive habits that are going to serve you to become just a healthier and better version of yourself. Absolutely. And, and the, the lessons that, or the way that we behave is how we teach our kids essentially is, you know, it's like they're watching the show. They're not listening to the lecture. So um, this is actually interesting that it's part of my journey. I've been on a weight loss journey for, um, how old am I? Just kidding. Um, <laughs> where I've been really serious about it, I would say for, for the last, um, three months or so. Um, and one of my big struggles is emotional eating. Is that something that you deal with a lot? Oh, hundred percent. It is, it is all wrapped up in this neat bow of what is our, our relationship with food and emotional eating definitely comes to play in there. So I was trying to figure out like when I started emotional eating. And at one point I thought that, you know, that wasn't what I, I haven't been doing that since I was a kid. It's, it's totally a new thing. Like when I was 22 years old, I got married and I married a chef and his, um, what's the word, his, uh, self-esteem was attached to how much food I ate. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so I would, as the people pleaser that I, that I used to be, I would eat in order to avoid fighting. I would have seconds and thirds. And up until that point, like he was the one that coined the phrase that I eat to live. I don't live to eat. And so that's kind of where I thought about it. And then I was using um, my weight loss app and it was talking about, it was asking me questions like, do you eat when you're bored or do you eat when, I don't remember all the questions, but it determined that I was an emotional eater. And I was like, oh my gosh, like when I was a teenager, I would just be sitting watching TV and think, hmm, I'm bored. What can I make? Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it habitual is, eating. Yeah. 
Um, so let's talk about that. And like, is there, obviously every person is different, but is there kind of a system that you walk through, walk people through to kind of identify and or alleviate that? Yeah. So the biggest, um, I would say challenge and the biggest um, lack of lack of awareness that people have is really just not knowing what their eating habits even are. And on top of that, not knowing why we eat the way that we do. And it's not surprising for me. You said, I didn't even know I was an emotional eater until I reflected upon it. And that is literally what every single one of my clients say when they start working with me is they're like, I'm noticing these patterns of eating, whether it's emotional eating or habitual eating or chaotic eating, whatever their biggest struggle is, I'm noticing it more now, simply because we live in such a fast paced, distracted society that what our brain does is it gets really good at doing what it does repeatedly. So much so that it works on autopilot because it wants to be efficient. It doesn't want to have to reinvent the wheel every single day. And so getting home, crashing on the couch, grabbing a bag of chips, it becomes kind of your daily ritual so much so that you stop questioning it, right? You stop questioning the nighttime, go into the cupboard, grab a chocolate bar. And I take my clients through, you know, the seven day, it's, I call it the seven day mindful eating challenge. And I would be happy to share it with your audience as well. It's totally free. Um, so I can share with you the link at the end of this, but basically what I do is I break it down so that we become aware of what we do every single day, because that is the first step to change. The first step to change is awareness and awareness about why we do the way the things we do and how we eat instead of what most diets will do, which is focusing on this is what you do right now. You're eating junk this is what you're going to eat instead. And then missing the mark on what actually is needed to make those changes possible. Yeah. I, I, my, but my boyfriend and I both have the same struggle with um, wanting to lose weight. And his idea was to join this essentially weight watchers type thing, but, but not, um, but using psychology and weight loss. And I'm a total head like <laughs> psychology nerd. Like I love yeah. understanding and learning how the brain works. And so I started, um, this program that was his idea and he still hasn't. Um, but when it's funny to listen to him, um, say, you know, oh, I just have to cut out all the sugar and I have to cut out all of this and I have to stop doing that. And it's like, the reason that you're not doing it is because you don't want to be restricted. Like yeah. that's part of his makeup is the, is this not wanting to be restricted. And, and for me, I, I'm on a 1200 calorie diet and it doesn't feel like restriction to me. It feels like I'm choosing this instead of this. And when it turns into a choice instead of this restriction, 
it's a totally different thing because I do not like being told what to do. Yeah. (laughs) And it's funny because I always tell my clients before we start working together, I am not taking any food away from you. This is the furthest thing from a diet. You're not doing this to go hungry because that's not sustainable. And if you've been told your entire life what you should or shouldn't eat by the diet books, by your neighbor, by your coworkers, and guess what? That hasn't worked until now. So how about we put the power in your hands and I'm going to guide you and I'm going to facilitate those behavior changes. But if I'm going to tell you, give you a meal plan and tell you exactly what to eat, you're going to want to rebel and you're going to end up binging and, and going against what anyone is telling you, because then I'm, I'm invading your boundaries. I'm taking your autonomy and your independence away from you. And that is never going to work for the long term. Mm-hmm. Nope. (laughs) I don't even like meal planning, planning, because part of my emotional eating is like, what do I want to eat today? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the meal plan takes that away. So do you have, you know, tricks to mess with? (laughs) Yes. So I'm really curious. Um, Have you noticed that you mentioned that you've been on this weight loss journey for about three months now? Have you noticed the emotional eating has decreased? Um, is it still present? What, how are you there? I would say that it's decreased, um, but I'm also a social eater. So when my boyfriend says, hey, you want to go to Chipotle? I don't really want Chipotle, but he wants to go. And so I want to go with him. And it's a, this social thing that that we do, like we've, our maybe the beginning or the entire time of our relationship has been like food is the fun thing you know especially Mm -hmm. during COVID it's like there's not a whole lot we can do that doesn't require us to wear masks and and wearing masks isn't fun and so it's like Mm -hmm. but we could go out and eat um and not have to wear a mask um yeah so I think it's a little bit of that um like there's a lot of connections that I notice. I'm, I'm, what I'm, what I decided to do today, and I didn't know this was your field of expertise because this is the first time that we've talked and maybe we had a text conversation before now, but I don't mm-hmm. remember it. <laughs> and so I didn't know we were going to be talking about this, but earlier today, I was like, the thing that I'm going to start doing is not only writing down what I'm eating but why I'm eating it. And so I have a little fourth cup measure next to me. And in this fourth cup was, um, uh, Costco brand mixed nuts, right? So one fourth is like 170 calories. And so I did that and it was because I wanted something to chew on and I made a shake and I had that. And so I haven't figured out why I wanted to chew on something just yet, but it's a little like chewing on things is a little bit of a stress relief. Yeah. So that's actually been shown that when we crave something crunchy, like chips or cereal, it often is connected to the stress emotion. And 
that's exactly what I do with my clients is I connect the dots because we gather information together and I look at all that and I see patterns and I start noticing, you know, okay, you know, every, every night, if you have a very, let's say light breakfast or a light lunch, there's going to be two, there's going to be two things at play for emotional eating. Um, there's going to be the biological factor, right? Are you craving carbs? Are you craving sweets? Because there's something missing in your diet. Maybe you're not eating enough. And then there's going to be the emotional factor. Are you lacking ways of coping with certain emotions that don't involve food? And I'm not a believer that food is simply fuel. I do absolutely believe that food is emotional. You celebrate with food. You get to be around people and it is meant to be enjoyed. It absolutely is meant to be enjoyed. And so it's funny when you were mentioning the measuring cup, I don't believe I, in my, with my clients, I teach them to get rid of any dieting tools. So measuring cups and food scales, calorie counting apps, because your body has an internal portion control. And what you're doing when you're following the recommended portion sizes, which are universal, it's so like you've got eight-year-old boys and 50-year-old females who are following the same recommended portion sizes. So what you're doing there is you're not listening to your body and every body is individual and every body is going to need something different. And just because you needed 1200 calories yesterday, maybe you're going to need 2000 calories today and being able to stop relying on all these external factors of measuring cups or what people are telling you, you should be eating and being able to reconnect to what your body is telling you. It's so much more sustainable for the long term because when you go to the restaurant or when you go to the all you can eat, you know, vacation or when you're traveling, the only thing that you will have no matter what is your own body. You're not always going to have the the apps or the measuring cups and I want to teach people how to be independent in their eating, how to be autonomous without having to rely on anything, anyone, any plan, if that makes sense. I actually love that so much because I think probably the most annoying thing about calorie counting is that if I go to a restaurant, I have zero idea how much calories is in this meal. And it's probably a lot more than I think, even if I'm being generous, because when you go out, they use way more butter and way more oil and way more things than you do at home. And, um, but I love this idea of connecting with yourself and what your body needs. And the reason that I love coaches for and hiring coaches specifically to help you walk through your journey is that the coach is going to be significantly more uh, geeked out on the information that they're coaching you on than Mm -hmm. you are. So I'm fascinated by 
the science of eating and, and listening to your body, but I'm not going to take the time to do the research. And that's why there are beautiful people like you in the world so that I don't have to. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny that you say that because sometimes I forget that people don't know as much as I do. So I'll be like geeking out about it with my friends and talking about concepts they've never heard before. And I'm like, what? Like, you don't, you don't know about this, but this is my life. Like my whole, everything I read, my news, my social media, my books, like I literally have like a stack of books next to me. Like this is, like you said, this is what I love to geek out about. This is what I sleep and, and dream about. Yeah, and I remember um, the first time I was really introduced to this concept of emotional eating was when I took a course uh, by one of my teachers, and his name is, uh, his name's Sean Smith. His course was called Weight Loss for Normal People, <laughs> because he's not a weight loss, like, coach. Uh, he's, he's just a mindset. He's not just, but he's a mindset coach. Mm-hmm. And so he took what he knows about mindset and willpower air, you know, air quotes, willpower, willpower, right. And all of these things. And he took that and he used that to teach this weight loss concept. Mm-hmm. And so emotional eating, that was the first time that I became aware of that as a concept and habitual eating Uh, I realized during that course, I realized that for the first time, because I noticed that every time I walked into my dad's house, I would go immediately to the refrigerator and regardless of hunger, right. I would just walk over to the refrigerator and open it. And it's like, it wasn't even like I'm hungry. It was what's in their fridge. Like, (laughs) and Mm. is it good? It's like, there was that comfort of whatever. I don't know. Um, and now I'm having flashbacks of like being 16 and sitting on the couch and watching the TV and their house doesn't even look like that anymore. It's the same house, but they've remodeled everything. But anyway. <laughs> so, um, what is a, a piece of advice that you would want to uh, give to our mom listeners? I would say, um, well, first of all, I'm very curious if you've ever heard this term because now I'm I'm knowing I'm noticing more and more that people aren't as familiar with it as I thought, maybe because I'm so used to it. Have you heard of the term intuitive eating? I don't think so. I know those two words, intuition and eating. So I would imagine using your intuition to eat, but that's the um I've never heard that term before that's a very good assumption of what it is. It really is. We're all born with this intuition. We're all born with it. And when you, you, you have a lot of parents who listen to this, when you're born and you have your toddlers, they don't eat to a point where their stomach hurts. They stop eating when they're full. They eat foods that they like. They don't eat foods that they don't like. They cry until they get food. And then when they get food, they're happy, right? And we're all born that way. But as we grow up, we start getting exposed to the messaging of 
calorie counting and detoxes and cut your carbs and these foods are good, these foods are bad. And the more that we get exposed to that kind of messaging, and a lot of the times it's going to be messages that we learn through our parents, right? Fear of weight gain. Don't eat that or else you're going to gain weight, right? Or clean your plate because there's dying people in Africa, right? Eat all of your food, even if you're not hungry anymore. So many of my clients, the reason why they still struggle with their eating habits and their health in their 40s or 50s, that's because of the way that they were raised. That's because of what they learned around food. And so I would say that my best advice is reconnecting to that intuitive eater. And in order to do that, number one would be to reject and get rid of this diet mentality all together. So that can, that takes a few steps. And I do this with my clients. Number one would be look at your social media. Do you follow a lot of keto or intermittent fasting or Instagram influencers who make you feel worse about yourself, who make you feel like you're not doing enough, like you are not enough in the body that you are right now. And tune in on your energy around those accounts. And I would say that if you can unfollow, delete, block those accounts and surround yourself with accounts that make you feel better. Because if we don't care and love our bodies, we will not want to treat it properly. We don't take care of things we don't like. It's as simple as that, right? If you have an old pair of pants that is ripped up and there's holes you're not going to treat it properly. You're not going to take care of it properly. The same thing for our body. And a lot of the clients that I work with, they come from a place of self-hatred. They hate their bodies. They're low confidence. And so, of course, they have a hard time taking care of their health because they don't see themselves as worth it. And so when you realize that you are worth it, your family is relying on you to be healthy, is relying on you to show up and to implement those good habits and be that example of someone who has a good relationship with food, who doesn't diet their entire life. That is so important and taking care of your health now and not waiting until your kids are 16 and developing those same habits that you have. It is so, so important. And I never understood how, you know, me cleaning my plate has anything to do with starving children in other places of the world. <laughs> like, are, are we going to, if I don't eat this, like, if I eat this, how does that help them? And if I don't eat it, are we going to package it up and mail it to them? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, anyway. But It is my, unfortunate, though, because yeah. so many people they'll use their own body as a trash can because they don't want to waste that food where either way that food is wasted. Whether you put it in your body or in the garbage, something is being used as a trash can. That is so eye-opening that when you're eating, when you're clearing your plate for the sake of clearing your plate, it's because, and you're using your, holy cow, you're using your body as a trash can. That is incredible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
I'm going to chew on that one for a couple of days. But the fun, the funny thing for me is that my son's genetic makeup is different uh, than mine. It's closer to his dad's where um, he has, he actually has trouble gaining weight. And, you know, I, we went to the water park this summer and um, he was tall enough to go on this ride, but he didn't weigh enough. And so he needed to gain eight more pounds in order to go on this ride. And so the next day he just shoved the food in, ate his entire bowl of cereal and drank the milk. And he goes, mom, I feel like I'm going to puke. And I'm like, yeah, because you don't usually do that. Like you usually Mm -hmm. stop when you're not hungry anymore. So um, it's interesting to teach him proper eating habits in order Mm -hmm. to gain weight while I'm retraining myself to lose weight. (laughs) Yeah. And I would also say um, a really good piece of advice as well for anyone who's listening, who maybe their main goal right now is weight loss is the best way to actually start taking care of your health. Because most of the time, yes, weight loss is a goal, but most of the time it's about being healthy, right? Mm -hmm. It's about being healthy and having that energy back and sleeping better and having good habits. And actually the best way to sustainably get healthy is to take the focus away from weight loss. Mm -hmm. So I actually don't, I ask my clients to get rid of the scale if they can. They don't weigh themselves weekly. They don't weigh themselves daily because that is also a tool that disconnects you from your body. You get on the scale and whether it's a good number or a bad number, it's going to have those outcomes of either, okay, great. I'm doing so well. Maybe I can treat myself to a piece of cake tonight, or I'm doing so well that I just got to keep doing what I'm doing. Even if I'm starving, even if I don't feel well, I got to keep doing what I'm doing because the number is reflecting it. Or on the other side of the spectrum, if you see a number you don't like, you either will restrict even more, which usually ends in a binge, or you end up feeling so bad about yourself that you're like, well, none of this is working. I'm going to throw in the towel and I'm going to eat all the foods because what's the point anyways? I've really never done any of those things. Not once. (laughs) (laughs) Never. I'm a little, I'm a little sarcastic. That was the cycle that I was in for so long where it was like my, my focus, what, and like I would restrict for literally three days max. And if I didn't see the movement that I wanted, I would binge. And if I did see the movement that I wanted, I would reward myself by binging. Yep. So that's why there's, we, we, think that the scale keeps us accountable and it, it, it gives us a false sense of control when actually it's probably the thing that hinders progress the most because you're focusing on external ways of accountability and external ways of measuring your progress 
Mm. And you're disconnecting from what your body is actually telling you it needs. And your body is so smart, but we stop listening to it. In every way, shape and form. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So is there a book uh, that's been really impactful for you on your personal development journey? Absolutely. So um, it's been impactful for me. It's been impactful for anyone who struggles with the relationship with food or yo-yo dieting or exactly what you just mentioned, like restricting and binging. Um, And it's called intuitive eating. So it's the, the whole concept, it's um, two nutritionists behind it. And so it's by Evelyn Tripoli and Elise Relsh. And um, I recommend that everyone reads this book. I really think that this should, book should be in the hands of every little girl and every little boy in elementary school before they start hearing about the diets and you know going on social media it's so, so informative. So I would say that is at the top of my list. Yeah. I'm, I'll probably have to check that out. Cause I think that that's a, that's a good, um, sounds like a good topic for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Where, where can our listeners find you? And yeah, the so that you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I will share my link for the seven day mindful eating challenge. Um, so they can go to sabrinamagna.com forward slash mommying, and they'll be able to find that challenge. And they can find me on Instagram at sabrina.magna.health or um, on my website, which is just sabrinamagna.com. Perfect. And do you want to spell your last name just for people that don't want to uh, read the note, the, the show notes? Yeah. Yeah. So it's um, Sabrina and then M-A-G-N-A-N. It's French. Yeah. It's, I love the pronunciation of it. It's really, it's really pretty in spelling and pronunciation, but um, they don't match just like my name doesn't match. Yeah. <laughs> So, well, thank you so much for coming and pouring into uh, our guests and, uh, and, and into me and challenging a lot of the things that I felt like I knew. <laughs> and um, I'm always open for, for being challenged. So I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So we will have another episode of Imperfect Momming for you next week. And until then, keep healing. Thank you for tuning in to Imperfect Mommying. It's time for us to step up and realize that our power is not in trying to shape our children. Our power lies in shaping ourselves into the people we want our children to model themselves after. Don't just do it for your kids, do it for yourself. When you become a more self aware, compassionate, and confident person, you and everyone around you benefit. For more information about me and my work, visit alishalyons.com. That's A-L-Y-S-I-A-L-Y-O-N-S.com. See you next time.